Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. How's it going, buddy? I'm fantastic. Doing well? I'm so good. So uh, listeners who have listened to the show for a while might know, might remember that occasionally we release what are called bestie episodes. This is one such bestie episode, and there are two reasons we call them our bestie episodes. One, they are some of our favorite episodes, and it is content that we think needs to get back out there again for you to hear it. But secondly, we call them bestie episodes because you and I, we're best friends. That's right. And evidence of that is the fact that you and I, along with our wives, are currently over in Scotland. Well, not while we're recording this not, intro, but we're going to be when this episode By airs. the time this episode <laughs> airs, exactly, because yes. we truly are best friends. Yeah. And this was a much needed international little vacation, little trip without and, any kids. Right. And I was going to say, with you got four young kids, I've got three young kids. It's really tough to make this it's happen. Difficult. Mad props to our, our parents uh, for <laughs> taking on the task of, of taking these kids for That's a week. Right. Well, but, it's difficult because well, you recently flew out to L.A. You, we didn't talk about whether how easy or difficult that was flying with kids. It was actually so much easier than that. Not thought. too bad. Yeah. So well, largely of, because there's a, a screen with unlimited content in front of them. <laughs> and they loved it. It helps a lot. So it's difficult to travel when you were, you know, when you've got babies and that's kind of the stage of life we've been in. I mean, I, Kate and I, we haven't been out of the country in over 10 years. And so that's another reason I've been looking forward to this trip yes. for, for so much. But also having kids is not cheap and being self-employed, we paid, we self-paid having four kids. And just so you know, I'm not trying to discourage anybody out there who works for themselves and you're thinking about having kids, but it's about 10 grand is what we paid. So that's- 
a pop. Yeah. So that's 40 G's right there. Imagine all the vacations we could have gone on <laughs> that instead went towards raising a beautiful family that I yeah. love very, very much. Well, we've got passports in hand. We're in Scotland. And we yes. talked about that, those travails too, <laughs> fortunately. But, but well, guess what? You don't have to be loaded in order to travel. True. That's actually what we talk about with Brian Kelly, the points guy. And he talks about how you can utilize credit cards the benefits and the points that they offer in order to fly, in order to travel for much, much less money. Yeah. And by the way, if you're inspired after listening to this episode, you can go to howtomoney.com slash credit cards, check out our tool, which will help you toggle and see which credit card is going to be the best for you, going to give you the most uh, bang for your buck in regards to sign-up bonuses and recurring rewards. So be sure to check that out. But Matt, that's enough. Let's get back to our Scottish hiking adventure <laughs> and uh, let's play this episode of Brian Kelly hanging out with us on How to Money. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking jet setting for little to no money with the points guy, Brian Kelly. right brian kelly is known all over the internet as the points guy it's better than joel's nickname which uh we will not talk about thank here. you thank uh, you appreciate that <laughs> but even if you haven't heard of brian himself there's a good chance you've been to his site thepointsguy.com just as like millions of travelers flock there to learn how they can learn to travel on the cheap by using credit card points at this point brian he's got an entire staff of writers who are they're all travel experts from offices in austin to, to new york all the way over to london uh, which, of course, frees Brian up to be able to, to, to spend even more of his time traveling. We're going to be talking all about that today. Brian, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Brian, we're glad to have you. And the thing Matt and I do every episode is we like to drink a craft beer because it's delicious. Uh, but we're also saving money and investing for our future. Uh, but it's, we splurge on craft beer even while we're doing that. Do you have something you splurge on? I know you're you're smart with your money. You're thinking about retirement and all that stuff. But what, what are you doing right now that you just kind of other people might be like, that's a little wasteful, man. But you're like, nah, it's worth it for me. <laughs> well, I'll say I splurge on credit cards. Uh you know, sometimes people will say, oh, I just want a no annual fee credit card. And actually, those are the worst in terms of <laughs> value and benefits. So, uh, you know, I have credit cards. I have 25 credit cards, actually. And uh, I pay quite a quite a bit in annual fees, but I get more than that back in value. So I guess my, my key message to people is don't look at trying to skimp on credit card fees because the less you pay, the less you get. Okay. And these days, it's not just points. You can actually get lounge access. And when airlines completely mess up and delay your flights, having good credit cards, that's actually where you're going to get protection. Uh, you know, your credit card will cover the cost of your hotel if you get stranded, not the airline. Right. I would say the other thing I splurge on is luggage. Um, you know, I'm on the road Naturally. A lot. <laughs> and so I, I love Remova luggage or Remoa. If you're, if you're saying it in American, it's, um, and I'm 6'7". So the handles come up really high, which oh. as a tall traveler, super key. And it's, they're just high quality. You know, they're I'm super six, expensive. Six, but so I might need to yeah. look into this. So, so, so you're <laughs> yeah. not hunched Seriously. over with your uh, with your roller case feeling like <laughs> totally. you, yeah, with the sore yeah. back. And, and, and the wheels are amazing. And, you know, they're really good. You buy cheap luggage and it's going to throw your back out. You know, as a tall person, I have to bend over half the time. So invest in quality luggage. It, it'll uh, pay off in the end. 
Well, that's interesting. So most people would see what, like a $600 annual fee on a credit card and they would balk. And you would say, no, 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 you got to look at the fine print. There's a lot of value you're getting there if you use it right. Absolutely. A lot of these cards will give you, you know, $300 and travel perks right off the bat, like on the Chase Sapphire Reserve. All of a sudden you're getting TSA pre-check, global entry. You start adding up all these different perks and the cards easily pay for themselves. Plus they give you, like I mentioned, what I want people to look at, points are great, and we could talk about points all day long, but what people don't pay attention to enough is the perks of their credit mm-hmm. cards. I'm talking on these high-end cards, you know, on my Amex Platinum, I bought a Montclair jacket, went to Iceland, lost it because we were filming, and I left it at a, a place we were filming, and Amex immediately took the $2,000 instantly off my account. So that's the that's type an of expensive stuff. jacket. <laughs> yeah, I know. I probably should, I probably should. I, you know, that's that's but, what uh, I hear. But, but hey, if you're filming, but, uh, this is that was probably a business expense. And too, that's right? yeah. yeah. If, you, if your credit card backs you up, I mean, that's huge. We've talked about that before too. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there's a let's say you drop your cell phone and you crack yep. the screen. So depending on which credit card you put that cell phone on and you pay your monthly bill with, it's like there's protection yep. for that. Like you're covered. You don't have to come out of pocket. Totally. And it's stuff, you know, you lose a pair of sunglasses. We all do that. You can actually, as long as you bought it within 90 days on a lot of credit cards, like they'll immediately take it off. So I, I urge people to look into the perks. And, you know, I'm not saying get 25 credit cards, but have a couple solid cards in your pocket that give you tons of different perks. So you're covered when traveling, when buying things. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about using credit cards strategically and excited to talk more about that here in the episode, Brian. We're, we kind of launched into it, but I actually want to want to kind of step back a little bit. Like, Talk to us about starting The Points Guy. Uh, how is it that you first got interested basically in travel to begin with? Well, travel, I grew up, I'm one of four kids, grew up, you know, middle class, suburban Philadelphia. And in the 90s, my dad got a job uh, for a startup. And so he was working from home. And he was not very tech savvy and he had to book his own travel and he was flying from Philly to LA like every other week. And my first job was actually, cause I was the, always the computer whiz in my house. Uh, you know, I was 12 years old and booking all of his travel on Travelocity, which had just launched in 1995. Wow. So that was, that was my first job. I kind of fell into travel as my dad's like hmm. travel agent. And then one day he said, I have all these points and frequent flyer miles. If you can figure out how to use them, like plan a trip. And so I had just finished reading The Firm by John Grisham, and it was nice. half of it was based in the <laughs> Cayman Islands. And I remember just thinking, I was, I was 12 years old, so I called up the airlines and I figured out a way. I used US Airways miles to fly my dad and three siblings. They flew nonstop from Philly. My mom and I used his American miles connected through Miami, and I found a house that we rented on VRBO. So basically, we got this amazing trip for you know, cheaper than it would have cost us to go to the Jersey Shore, which is where everyone in Philly goes to vacation. And that's really what set us off. So it became like a hmm. bonding thing in the 90s with my dad and I. Very cool. And Very uh, cool. Yeah. This was like your equivalent of getting getting bitten by a radioactive spider, right? Uh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> at a, young age. a different kind of totally. bug yes. that Brian had from <laughs> totally, a very young yeah. age. And then very. in college, you know, I, I studied abroad and was student body president. So all of a sudden, I got elite status. And that's when I re- like started Googling and uh, I found Flyer Talk, which is like the OG message boards for frequent flyers. And it was basically my aha moment in 2004 when I'm like, wait a minute, there's thousands of people around the world that do this frequent flyer thing too. And that's really when I like went in hardcore and started to like get involved in understanding all the nuances of these programs mm-hmm. and uh, started the Points Guy in 2010. 
uh, just as a fun little side blog, and it just kind of took off almost immediately. Well, and when you started the points guy, wasn't wasn't kind of your initial in like individualized sort of travel booking help to yep. to folks who would reach out. So now what has become this like phenomenon, you've kind of taken over the internet in terms of credit card points. Well, but it was just kind of a one-to-one service in the beginning, right? Totally. The point when I launched the points guy in April of 2010, uh, it was just a shell site that said it was a form and you could put in your points and I would basically look at where you wanted to go. And if I could help you, I'd charge you $50 a ticket. So I was basically a points travel agent. So I was working at Morgan Stanley yeah. <laughs> and in campus recruiting. I would come home from work and then I would go through and help people book trips using their points. So it was just a pure and simple side hustle. A couple months later, like June of 2010, a friend said, hey, you should be blogging because he was an SEO expert, which in 2010, I had no idea what SEO was. Or, <laughs> it's a brand new uh, thing. But, yeah. but, he, but he said, I'm going to hook you up with the WordPress blog. It's so easy. You like we'll be able to figure it out and he's like just blog once a day at the same time on the same topic and he's like trust me google (laughs) will soon enough figure out that you're uh an authority and it will become you know it'll be your your best uh way to get new clients right because people so i started writing articles how to use amex points to go to europe how to use chase points to go to hawaii and slowly but surely people you know and of course i was spamming all of my friends and I was posting on Flyer Talk with the Points Guy, the new blog for all things travel points. Every month, it just started to double at that point. And uh, yeah, so it wasn't until 2011 where my model switched. I realized doing these one-on-one consultations was a pain. You know, it would take hours to do. Sometimes people would forget to book. So my hours of work, I'd have to redo it. (laughs) So it was very frustrating doing like that one-on-one consumer business. Hmm. But uh I was able to flip it on its head when affiliate marketing companies reached out to me in early 2011 and they were like, hey, Brian, you're writing about, you know, the Amex Platinum and the Chase Sapphire, but you're going directly to Chase. If you used our links, we'll pay you per approval you get through your site. And um, I started to do the math at what they were paying. And it was like, I, you know, I had 50,000 blog readers in 2011, early 2011. I'm like, if I only convert 1% of them, this could be a massive business. And yeah. from that point on, it just it just skyrocketed. And that's when you quit your uh, recruiting job, right? That's when, that's, that's when you realize the, <laughs> the real potential yeah. that you had before you. Uh, yeah, I got nice. it. Yeah, I got into so yeah, affiliate marketing in February of 2011, toyed around with it, started to make some money. And then in April of 2011, the New York Times had written an article about the points guy. And it just completely... <laughs> and then unbeknownst to me, you know, with that New York Times link to the points guy, my... SEO credibility shot up dramatically, oh, right? Because yeah. all, yeah, you... all of a sudden, Google's like, the New York Times is writing about this site. So the points guy started to become like the first result. So it was just mm-hmm. this huge snowball effect. So yeah, I started blogging June of 2010, and I quit my job April of 2011. It was nice. that kind of and you, wild. And you, and you haven't looked back since. <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk more recently, Brian. Uh, well, specifically COVID. That's obviously had a major impact on the travel industry. For you personally, did the pandemic cramp your ability to travel? It did in the beginning. And honestly, I, I, I went 90 days or maybe 100 days without traveling, which I think was the longest period since high school. You know, I was 37 years old when the pandemic hit. And for me, that was actually, I'm an optimist in life. And that was the moment when I realized because I wasn't just constantly traveling and jet lag, like, what do I really want in life? So hmm. uh, 
I was able to, you know, realize I wanted to become a dad. So I started that process, uh, you know, in 2020 of going through surrogacy, being a gay man, pursuing that. And I'm happy to announce that that process is about to uh, come to fruition as I'm on the <laughs> cusp of becoming a dad. So hooray. That's awesome, uh, man. We're yeah. so pumped for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So that the lull that I had in travel helped me kind of reset, refocus. But I did start traveling summer of 2020. And I have to say, you know, 2020, 2021, I had some of my most epic trips. You know, I was in Croatia, the only EU country allowing Americans in in 2020. I did a two week trip with friends. It was incredible. I was in Dubrovnik in August, empty. I was walking around the old town of Dubrovnik, which is normally packed to the brim, like cruise tourists. And Hmm. it was just the most epic experience. Tahiti, swimming with humpback whales, it was empty. So I actually had some really cool experiences traveling. It certainly, you know, I had more COVID tests than I care to remember. (laughs) I think my, you know, back in the days when they were swabbing portions of your brain, I think I lost uh, (laughs) some brain capacity. But overall, you know, COVID, I look back on it, you know, it it paused our business, but it also at the point sky, we doubled down. We didn't lay off any employees and we really just focused on the information, you know, travel changed so drastically so quickly. Um, we doubled down. We had the country reopening guide that actually ranked higher in Google than uh, the our government websites on, on countries and their policies. So I was really wow. proud of our team that we didn't back away from travel. We focused nice. on science, keeping people safe. And uh, I think that's going to have paid off for us because people now trust us more than ever. Yep. Yeah. Well, another thing that changed during COVID was credit card companies had a difficult time, at least in those those first few months. And they, with fewer people traveling, some of the, the benefits of signing up for, for some of these cards just changed, right? It's like, hey, we're going to give you this travel benefit and this lounge access. And people are like, cool, but I'm not going to travel anytime soon. So what, what are maybe some of the most striking changes you saw occur in how credit card companies had to provide value to customers like during during COVID? Yeah. So we saw a huge amount, you know, because travel wasn't, travel is like the most epic marketing tool you can create. And frequent flyer miles are are everything, you know, these the most unique marketing tool ever, like get this credit card and be able to take free trips. Like what doesn't get your heart racing more than the notion of like going to Hawaii for free? So we saw the credit card companies, they became much more flexible. You know, the airlines in general were extending points expiration, extending elite status, and also giving more ways to redeem, you know, on Apple products, on DoorDash, on streaming services. You know, all the major credit card companies had to really rethink the, you know, because, you know, 2020, no one was, you know, very few people were traveling. So there are silver linings to the pandemic, especially when it comes to points. A lot of those mileage expiration, those are here to stay, at least for the time being. Even being able to change your flights with more flexibility, while the airlines have kind of tightened the rules a little bit, today it's still way more flexible to change and cancel tickets and there are less fees than pre-pandemic. So consumers have won, Hmm. you know, in certain ways that travel has become more flexible. And I do think points have become more valuable in a way that you can cancel a points reservation today on most airlines and get all your miles and points back free of charge, which is pretty epic. It's like kind of being able to book, you know, refundable tickets, you know, so there have, there were positives Hmm. that came from it, but on the flip side, there are so many people traveling now when demand snapped back, we've seen in what we call devaluation in miles, meaning airlines today, you know, this summer it was 400,000, 500,000 miles round trip to Europe on a lot of carriers. 
when back in the day you could get those trips for a hundred thousand miles. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a massive increase. I mean, yeah, like we've seen inflation not only in our economy, but it sounds like also within the points industry with, with these credit cards because of some of the incentives the uh, the credit cards were offering their cardholders, right? Absolutely. So the airlines survived this pandemic because they sold billions of dollars worth of future points and miles to the airlines. So they also took $50 billion in government right, funds, right. which helped get them through. But um in general, the airlines, some airlines make more money selling their miles to credit card companies and partners than they do flying airplanes. So what that means is there's just pumped in all of these new miles and points. And as we saw demand spike, I mean, month over month, we were seeing 20% increases in the cost of paid tickets for flights, you know, April to May of this year travel. We all freak out when we see 8% year over year price index rises. Well, we saw 20% Mm -hmm. month over month. It was the largest one month increase in (laughs) flight prices in history. So yeah, so basically, and there's just not enough capacity. The airlines can't add in new planes. There's a backlog on planes. There's a backlog on pilots. So what we're looking at is a travel system. And it's frankly, you know, this year we saw it melt down. You know, Europe, the European airports couldn't handle it. Even today, Amsterdam Airport, their CEO just resigned. It's still a meltdown because they, hmm. you know, furloughed so many employees last year, and then these employees don't want to come back and work these, you know, at this super crowded airport, stressful jobs for pretty low pay. So, the the whole travel ecosystem is still under immense stress, which is why I go back to saying these days you need to have credit card protections and perks to help make the process a lot mm-hmm. more smooth. Yeah, just some of those other benefits. Um, and so it sounds like points are more valuable from the standpoint of they're just a, a, a more universal tool, essentially. Like points are basically just more robust, but they are maybe less valuable, you know, like from, from the standpoint that a lot of points were issued. How sticky, essentially, is this inflation that we've seen with credit card points? Um, is that something that you see coming down at all or is it like once it's pegged to where it is now like we're never going to see it kind of drop i mean yeah should you spend your points more quickly because they're going to be devalued more rapidly in general yes i mean so many people i know are points hoarders and oh i'm gonna save these for retirement in 10 years i'm like no you know like use them now (laughs) save money travel live your life today in general i wouldn't say just squander them on gift cards right because that's a terrible use but the joy of like credit card points that transfer to airlines the thing is there's still really valuable ways to use points Uh, i'm not saying that they're all because what a lot of airlines are still uh region-based charts so you can fly from la to dubai for the same price as boston to dubai and there's all sorts of uh nuances and we call them sweet spots so if you just Google like the points guy and then put like how to maximize Amex points or United Airlines sweet spot awards, there's so many different programs with nuances that, you know, it takes a while to learn, but you can still get extraordinary value. You can still get five cents per point in redemption value, you know, when redeeming for Emirates first class. It's mm-hmm. just you may have to try a little bit harder to do it, but the game still can be played. And what I'll say too is yes, The amount of miles needed to redeem has gone up, but also on the flip side of earning, there's never been a better time in history to earn points. Not only just big sign-up bonuses, you know, 100,000 points now is like the norm, whereas a decade ago, you know, 25,000 miles was a general sign-up bonus, 50,000 was good. Nowadays, that's doubled. So you're earning more miles on getting cards and then also on what you can earn points for. 
Amex Gold is four points per dollar on dining and groceries. That's pretty insane. Mm. You know, Amex Platinum is five points per dollar on airfare. There's now a new credit card called Built where you can earn points on rent for free. No fee card. It's a MasterCard up to 50,000 points a year. And you can transfer those points to Hyatt, American, United, a bunch of different partners. So 50,000 Hyatt points is like $1,000 minimum in free hotels for paying, you know, 50,000 in rent. In the past, we we would all pay rent directly and not earn any points. So I guess my point is that, yes, while on the redemption side, prices have gone up, on the earning side, if you're savvy today and have the right credit cards, you are earning more points today than ever before. Yeah. Well, and I have, we have so many more questions about kind of the logistics of earning and then spending points. But, but it, I, I guess I want to ask you this too. It seems like a lot of the rewards end up going to people who spend a lot of money on credit cards in particular, right? If you have to travel for work or if you spend significantly more than the average American, it, it makes accruing points a little bit easier or a lot easier, right? So, so do you have uh, yeah. to be in that group of elite people in order to, to win the points game? Absolutely not. But make no mistake, these are not frequent flyer programs. You don't need to be a flyer these days, but you do, you know, if you're a frequent buyer. So even if you're not a millionaire, but say you run a business, you know, I know a lot of interior designers who run all of their client charges at all of these showrooms on their personal credit cards, they get reimbursed and, you know, they get millions of points a year for essentially free. Same thing with doctors and dentists. So if you're a small business owner and you can figure out how to put all your online advertising, you know, the Amex Gold will give you three points per dollar on all online advertising. Same with the Chase Inc. card. So all of a sudden you're switching around and maximizing all these different categories. You can absolutely be raking it in. Um, If you're not a big spender, you can still play the game, but you just need to be a little bit more savvy. So not just getting credit card signup bonuses. So you may need to get a couple cards a year to get a couple hundred thousand points, but that can be free business class to Europe. Make sure you do all your shopping through online shopping portals. Uh, There are shopping portals that earn mileage. So always, whenever you're shopping online, never, ever, ever go directly to a retailer's website. Always click through a mileage shopping portal. It puts a cookie on your computer, and then you earn miles for shopping at the retailers in addition to earning miles for paying for that purchase with the points credit card. We call that double dipping, uh, you know, paying your rent on the bill card, et cetera. All of these things can add up where you don't need to be spending tons of money, but you need to be savvy about every single dollar you spend. You should be earning more than one point per dollar on every single thing you spend. Never use cash unless you absolutely have to. Got it. It makes sense that you don't have to be this massive spender. You, can, you just got to be smart about it. Yeah. And then you can you can rack up those and points. You might not accrue millions of points if you're just like a normal everyday American spender, but you can still play the game and win. Yeah. Absolutely. There's even ways you can buy points. The airlines now sell frequent flyer miles at a discount. You may be able to buy miles at 1.5 cents a piece, meaning 100,000 points is $1,500. And with those 100,000 points, you can fly business class you know, to Europe. That's a $5,000 ticket. So that's like an arbitrage game. It's a little bit hmm. more advanced, but like there are plenty of ways to play the points game uh, where people today, you can save thousands of dollars by either buying or accruing points via spend and then redeeming for travel versus paying the insane fares, which we're seeing today. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Brian, we're, we're going to talk more about how it is that you can go about racking up all of those points. We'll get to more questions on that right after this break. Mm-hmm. 
Cachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Cachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances so if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest they are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, we're back from the break. Still talking with Brian Kelly. He's the points guy and everybody. <laughs> Most of the people listening to How to Money have been to his site at one point or another, I'm sure, to get basic information, to learn more about credit cards and which ones are going to make the biggest difference when it comes to accruing points so that you can travel for little to no money. And and let's let's talk about accumulating for just a second, uh, Brian, because I, I don't know, I guess there's some people are a little uh, somewhat more uh, more allergic to credit cards than others. Some people might say, man, I'm okay having one or two and then I can manage them well. But in your mind, what's the optimal uh, number of credit cards to have in order to accumulate the most points? Well, I think I'll first say to win at the points game, you need to be disciplined. So if you are going to be tempted by getting a new credit card with a $10,000 credit limit and you're going to spend outside of your means and then get into debt, you will lose at this game. So in that case, don't open a single new credit card, right? Stick within your means. And if you simply can't manage credit, then don't play the game. You know, like mm -hmm. there are credit cards where just try to get out of credit card debt. That should be your sole focus because yeah. if you're going to be paying interest, you're losing all the value of the points. You are losing at the game, period. 
Um, that being said, if you're smart with your money and you can manage your bills, you're not going to spend over. There's no magic number. I would say for everyone to start small. So the funny thing is once you realize your FICO score, everyone should know what their FICO score is. The FICO score is what banks will use to determine your interest rate on your mortgage. The funny thing is people think that getting credit cards will destroy their credit score. Off the bat, yeah, there might be a two to five point ding for what's called a hard inquiry into your credit. But that completely gets negated because the two largest factors of your credit score are paying your bills on time and two, the debt to credit ratio. So what this means is the more credit you have available from banks, you know, so say you have four credit cards uh, with $10,000 each and you're using, you pay them off in full every month, that means you're available credit is huge. And so your credit score will increase each month that you pay your bills on time and that you keep your balances low. So if you're following my train of thought, if you get another two credit cards and have 60,000 in credit and you're still paying them off in full, all of a sudden your debt to credit ratio gets even lower and lower. So your Mm -hmm. score goes up with the more credit cards you get. Now, what I would caution people is whenever you get a new credit card, there's usually a, to get the bonus, you have to spend a certain amount of money within the first couple months don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't go out today and get four new credit cards and then realize, oh my gosh, how am I going to spend $10,000 this month when my budget is four? So start small, pay attention to your credit score. Uh, I would note too, if you're going to apply for a mortgage in the near future, hold off on applying for credit cards until after your mortgage closes and it's all clear. Sometimes mortgage uh, companies will look at multiple new credit cards as a red flag, meaning is this person in some sort of financial distress where they're just applying for credit because they're going to apply for bankruptcy, right? Or they're, they know that they're going to be laid off soon. So they need new credit in general. I've always been able to explain it, you know, that I'm in the points game and, uh, I pay them off in full every month, but you know, there are risks to the game and that's why I encourage everyone to start small, but the average consumer can get, you know, two new credit cards a year with hundred thousand point signup bonuses, maximize their perks, and you could sustain travel just based on those sign-up bonuses. Are there a lot of people I know with double-digit credit cards? Absolutely. I know someone with 40 (laughs) credit cards. Oh, my gosh. But, um, you know, that's a a little extreme. But getting several new cards a year is, is totally fine, and you'll actually see your score go up as long as you pay those bills off every month. Exactly. Yeah, it, it makes sense. You're basically distributing that load across multiple cards as long as you can keep up with them. But I do appreciate that you are taking kind of a more like sort of like a holistic zoomed out approach to our personal finances instead of you know only focusing in on those specific points. So what does it actually look like to, to maximize every dollar that you spend, right? Like, is it just look, I mean, researching? Is it reading? Do you have to set up a spreadsheet <laughs> in order to track your spending, you know, so that yeah. you know that, okay, all, yes, is that, yeah, you said, you said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, mean, well, no, 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 actually, that's funny you mentioned that because so we have the Points Guy app, which is free. Uh-huh. Uh, and basically, we'll track all of your points, airline miles, hotel, credit cards, we'll actually give you your net worth in points. So I think visualizing how much value you have in points is is a great starting point for consumers. And then we also have a credit card tool where we'll look at what you spend if you want to share. And of course, we don't sell the data. Uh, we've got pretty strict, we have very strict uh, security on the app, but we will actually tell you how to maximize your credit card spend using all the cards that you have available and all the different bonuses. So basically what we'll tell you is your missed rewards. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. you should have used your gold card for this catering because you would have earned 
4x instead of using your business platinum, which earned you one. So, you know, we do do the math for you. Uh, and, you know, it takes a little while to get up to speed. But I'll just say this, back to the point of you don't, my, my task to everyone listening is earn more than one points on every dollar spent. The way I do this is all of my everyday spend. So if I'm going to go to, let's just say, pay for a doctor's visit, there's no credit card that offers doctor's bonuses, you know, 2X or 3X. So I will put everything on my uh, Capital One Venture X card. That card gives me two points per dollar on everything. So that's my baseline. I'm earning double points with Cap One Venture X. uh, And then I put my dining on Amex Gold for 4X. You know, I put all my rent on built for 1x. Uh, so I'm at least earning points there. That's the one place where you can't earn double points or more. Yeah. Uh, I mean, currently. that's like the first credit card that's allowed you to earn points for rent. Like before that, it didn't exist. It did not exist. You used to have to pay companies 3% to process your rent, but that would negate the value of any of the points. So yep, right. built has unlocked. And plus, you can use those points for to pay for rent or even for a down payment if you don't want travel. So, and then, you know, like I said, I earn most of my points through the Point Sky business. Um, you know, even though I sold the Point Sky, one of the things when I sold the company was that I still needed to be able to use my personal cards for business expenses. Um, <laughs> so nice. we- Smart thing you know, to carve spent, out. We, we spent, and you know, we, I got to practice what I preach, you know? That's right, how, that's how, right. How can, <laughs> how can I be the Point Sky if I don't have any points? So, you know, we spend <laughs> millions of dollars on, on Google, on Facebook, TikTok ads, any business owner out there listening today, even if it's a small business, make sure you're earning. You can earn three points per dollar on online advertising. If your business does shipping, you know, so look at all the, what you spend your money on and see, you know, just Google like the points guy, best credit cards for gas, groceries, et cetera. Um, And then just try to align all the categories where you spend a lot of money, try to find a credit card that gives more than uh, one point per dollar on, on spend. And for everything else, you know, Cap One Venture, or even a City Double Cash, which is a two percent cash back card, um, is a great baseline. Never yeah. earn one point if you can avoid it. Fifty years from now, long after Brian Kelly's gone, there's going to be folks who are running these uh, charges for advertising. They're like, "Who's this Brian Kelly guy?" Brian's still young. He's gonna, Brian's <laughs> yeah. going to be around for another hundred years. <laughs> They're going to have to pry me out of my first class seat. I've got the best right. job in the world. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, it makes sense. See, I was going to say just focusing on some of the different spending categories where we naturally already spend a whole lot of money, right? Yeah. Because the, the idea is to not overspend, is to have, like, you don't want to manufacture spending for, for no reason. You don't want to go into debt just because you're trying to hit certain spend levels, it, just because you're trying to hit certain uh, certain number of points. But if you know that, oh, I, I do go out to eat a, a whole lot, or, oh, I spend a lot of money at the grocery store, you can search and find the different credit cards out there that are offering those multiples where you're, you're at least earning 2x if not 4x. I will say that to me seems like the easier part of the equation, the accumulation of points, right? Mm-hmm. Because there are the, you can see, oh, I get 6x at grocery stores with the Amex Blue Cash Preferred or whatever, or I get 3x, you know, spending for advertising uh, for my business. But what about what about maximizing the points that you actually earn? Like, what, what do people need to know, Brian, to ensure that they're spending the points wisely? Because it seems to me that that's maybe even the more opaque area of credit card rewards. You're, you're totally right. And one of my dreams in life is to create, you know, today when you want to buy a ticket, you can go to Google Flights or any number of online travel agencies and you're going to be able to pull in most airlines and, you know, compare and contrast in one browser. That doesn't exist today for rewards. You know, if you want to use AA miles, you go to AA.com, Delta, et cetera. There have been some apps that have tried to do this, uh, pulling in different, you know, scraping availability. 
But in general, that's my dream in life, right? Is to be able to give consumers the ability to price out. You know, I want to go New York to Paris in June of 2023. I want to see how much, how many Delta miles, United, Virgin, et cetera, it would cost to do that. Today, it is pretty manual. So it does take time. I use a, a site called Expert Flyer, and this will actually, not for every airline, but you can set alerts. So when United Airlines opens up award space on you know Newark to Tel Aviv on these dates, it'll actually email you because the airlines open up award space constantly. It's dynamic. So checking back quite a bit, you know, as annoying as it is, can save you a lot of uh, value when it's, you know, redeeming. But yeah, it is tricky today. But once again, I would just tell people what I love about frequent flyer miles is the more you mine your knowledge in that currency, the more valuable those, those miles become. Like understand mm-hmm. the sweet spots. Look at what your big points balances are today. If you've got a million Delta miles, do research. And, you know, of course, I'm going to plug the points guy, but there are tons of super valuable. There are Delta specific blogs that will go into all the nuances. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got United miles, learn how to use the Explorist perk, which allows you to add in stopovers on award tickets. You know, Air Canada, I'm about to be a dad. Aeroplan doesn't charge a lot for, you know, infants in laps on international tickets. Some airlines will charge you 10% of the full cost of the ticket just as a fee to bring your baby. So Aeroplan is the go-to for, you know, and all my friends in the points world are like, dude, you're going to love Aeroplan because it'll save you so much money on those infant fees. So like just taking the time, you know, sit down with a cup of coffee and like dig in all the information's on the internet. And I trust, you know, trust me, it takes a little while to kind of climb that uh, mountain of knowledge. But once you become even an intermediate expert in the, in the frequent, you know, the, the programs that you have the most points in, whether Amex or Chase, I say it's like doing the crossword puzzle, but instead of just getting like bragging rights for Wordle or crossword, <laughs> like my bragging rights when I can book a trip in first class on points at the lowest level is like an amazing experience. It saves me thousands of dollars. So that's why I love the yeah. points game. Yeah, it's a real life thing that you've got memories and experiences and meals, like all of these tangible benefits of a hobby, basically. So it definitely pays to be nerdy. There's so much, something the data. so much cooler about a reward trip than even cash back because cash back, I don't know, it get, it's kind of amorphous. It'll fly. It's, it's nice to get cash back, but there's something about a trip to Tahiti that stands out in your mind a little differently. Totally. And, you know, cash back, you're going to be getting one and a half, two percent back. So like you spend a hundred thousand bucks, you're going to get two thousand at the very high end generally, which isn't bad, right? Uh, But 100,000 points spent, and if you're spending on groceries and dining, and all of a sudden you've got 300,000 points, and you can get saver tickets to Tahiti and fly two people business class, instead of $2,000, you're getting 8,000 in value from those tickets, right? So that's the joy. Like For people listening and saying, why would you bother with points? It's difficult, because that's why. Because you can actually take cash back, you know, is fixed. Whereas points, when you become an expert, you can leverage that. You can, instead of 2000 in cash, I'm going to get 8000 10000 back in value. And that's what gets addicting. Well, I, I feel that it, it can be more complicated. I mean, in particular, if maybe you're newer to travel, but like one of the different, I guess, benefits or perks or programs that stands out my, in my mind is the uh, Southwest Companion Pass. And I think yeah. it stands out because it's just pretty straightforward. It's like you, you spend this much, you get the Companion Pass. It's good for the rest of this year and next year. It seems like it's a, a, a legit deal you know for folks who live in a city that that southwest serves oh. are, are you a fan of that program 
Oh my gosh, the South, I don't fly Southwest much just based on my habits, but the Southwest Companion Pass is one of the best perks out there. Okay. We, we don't have time to go into the details today, but anyone listening, figure out how to get the Southwest Companion Pass. You know, generally off the bat, you have to take 100 flights, but there's a shortcut if you get credit cards. And the credit card sign up bonus points count towards the Companion Pass. And that pass is unlimited. Unlike a lot of airline companion passes where you get one free coupon, this is unlimited companions all you pay is that five dollar tsa fee every time even when you redeem points for ticket for yourself your companion flies for free unlimited for the entire length that you have that pass i know people who save thousands and thousands a year with it you know there's little nuances to it the best time to get it is early in the year because if you get it in january or february the companion pass will essentially last for two years because it's through the the year you qualify and the full following year so what that means is if you get Southwest credit cards in like November, December of this year, you complete your spend in January so that all your companion pass qualifying points post to your account, you then get two years of free flights. It's pretty insane. Yeah. And is that uh, how often are they kind of sweetening the pot when it comes to some of the uh, the bonuses they're offering for that sign up? Yeah, sometimes on the credit cards, they'll offer fast tracks to the companion pass alone. But um, yeah, generally... You get a Southwest, you get two Southwest credit cards, and that's what gets you the companion pass, the 50,000 point signups. And you can get a personal and a business card all in one day. And there's lots of, uh, you know, read blog posts on it before you go out and apply, understand the nuances and the details. You don't want to spend too quickly on them. And then all of a sudden you get your points in December, right? Because then you just lost a year of free travel. So you want to time right, it perfectly. Right. <laughs> but um, That would be the no, worst. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's happened to people who don't realize, uh, oh my gosh, my statement closed a day earlier. And I, you know, so always make oh. sure it closes in January. You don't want to lose a year of free flights. For real. That'd be a bummer. All right. Hey, Brian, we got a, just a few more questions to get to with you, including like where you're flying from. How does that impact your ability to get value from points? And then just kind of maybe some of your idea or best thoughts on, on travel in general as a seasoned expert. We'll, we'll get to those right after this. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances so if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest they are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. 
They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, we're still rolling here with uh, Brian Kelly, who's the points guy. And and Brian, I teased this before the break, but I want to know, like, how, do, how does where you live impact your ability to utilize miles and points well? Because let's say you live in the middle of the country. Let's say you live in Iowa or Oklahoma. Like, are you going to be able to get as much value from playing the points game as if, like, let's say you live in Chicago or LA? Like, how does how does that impact your ability to kind of use and uh, and monetize those points well? Well, it depends on your airport. So, like, if you live in Atlanta and you want to fly nonstop places, you're pretty much beholden to Delta, right? Unless you're going to a United hub constantly. You know, the, our, the way our aviation network is set up, it's it's hub and spoke, meaning most of the major airlines have hubs or mini hubs. So if you're living in a small airport, you, you are a free agent, so to speak, because you're going to have to connect anyway. But these days, my you know top tip that I have is fly nonstop whenever possible, right? Because flying connections, you're just asking for delays, misconnects, losing nights where you want to go because you're stuck in airports overnight. So I think... Aligning your point strategy to the airlines you want to fly will help dramatically. You know, another piece on the perks front is that a lot of airline credit cards, if you spend on them, will give you elite status and upgrades and better flight experience. So having an understanding of the airlines you want to fly. But if you're a total free agent, that gives you a lot more flexibility Hmm. than, um, you know, if you're beholden to one major airline, you know, in the city that you live in. Like us here in Atlanta, Delta. <laughs> That's right. They run things. <laughs> they do basically run the show. Uh, I mean, you're talking about all these different perks. You mentioned it earlier on in the episode as well, just how it's not only about the miles that you can accumulate, but some of these additional perks. And you've mentioned a bunch of them, but can you just run through a list of maybe your favorite perks, uh, ones Absolutely. that you think folks should be considering uh, before others? Yep. So first off, I mean, air- airports are packed, but oh, everyone listening, make sure you have global entry. Global Entry, it's $100. It lasts for five years. And what Global Entry gets is TSA pre-check as well as Global Entry. Global Entry is when you land from abroad and you get through security in literally five minutes. I mean, uh, immigration and the border. So that can save you hours of time. You know, the lines for immigration these days are crazy. So paying $100 for five years to get four minutes, you know, constantly. I've never had to wait more than four minutes with Global Entry. Um, But it also gets you pre-check, which 
I can't believe how many people don't have pre-check. And that is good for five years. That'll get you through security, usually five, 10 minutes max going through TSA. I'd also, and a lot of credit cards offer free global entry hundred or pre-check, uh, but always get global entry. Now you might say, oh, it's hard to get online appointments for global entry. There's a, a trick to getting them. They're called appointment scanner. It's an app you can use and it'll scan the global entry website and alert you when appointments in your home city open up or Zoom appointments open up. And almost everyone I know who's used Appointment Scanner has gotten global entry appointments in no time. Um, I'd cool. also recommend, especially you guys know, I'm sure living in Atlanta, Clear. Clear yeah. is a, a lifesaver. It'll actually jump you to the head of the TSA pre-check line. Uh, it also works at a lot of stadiums, and they're going to be rolling out across the country. I hate waiting in lines, so Clear <laughs> is something, you know, and a lot of credit cards and airline elite status, if you you have will give you discounts or even free clear and also just the flight delay and protection coverage you know when you're booking a flight yeah you want to get points for that purchase but also use the credit card that gives you the best flight protection and the chase sapphire cards generally they'll reimburse up to a thousand dollars in extra fees if your uh, flight is delayed and you need to get a rental car or hotel uh, so having that extra coverage these days is, is key because the airlines don't have to cover those costs for you well, how about lounge access? Because I feel like that's something you always you always hear folks talk about, and <laughs> yeah, you wonder like, so, is it actually worth it? <laughs> you know, it's a lounges are really crowded these days, so there is an issue with overcrowding. And starting in twenty twenty three, Amex Centurion lounges are uh, making their entry rules more strict, so you can bring in less guests. So, depending, you know, for families and for people who always bring guests, that's it's a bummer. But, you know, sometimes now you have to wait to get into lounges or you can't even get in at all. You know, a lot of times they'll say no more guests. I've been declined from lounges. But in general, they're great because airline lounges, they're not just for, you know, free snacks and food. But when your flight's delayed and there's a or canceled and there's a mile long line to get to an agent, you can go to the airline lounge. And those agents at the front desk are among the best at the airline. So, Hmm. you know, having the ability to pop into an airline lounge can be the difference in you getting home that night. So that's why I, I like airline lounges the most. Okay. Very all right. Cool. So, all right. Talk to me about this. I, I want to hear your thoughts on on planning ahead for a trip. One, are you are you looking basically just to maximize point value? I'm guessing you're not. You're more location agnostic, and you're just looking for the place that's going to get you the most bang for your buck. I want to know if that's true, and then I also want to know how you plan ahead, like how you plan to maximize your time in in the city or location you're going to. So you bring up a great point. Um, in general, with travel being so expensive, I urge people like plan your trip around where the deals are so you can save more money and spend money on the actual experience versus the cost of travel. And that goes for whether you're paying for a ticket. You know, Google Flights, which I use to sniff out cheap airfare, they actually have an Explore map where you can put in your home airport and it'll oh, yeah. show you, you. You'll put in your dates and it'll show you where the cheap fares are. So if you wanted to go to Aruba, but flights are over a thousand bucks. All of a sudden, you see St. Thomas is three fifty. Like, hey, try St. Thomas this year, or you know, go to St. John. Like, that's where I get my mind thinking. Oh, I've actually never been there, and there's really good deals. But sometimes, also, I have friends in Europe. And this summer, I wanted to go visit my friend's kid who just turned one, and I'm going to go to Madrid no matter what. I'll sit there and look at all the different currencies and try to piece that puzzle together. So. I'm not always just like I have to maximize and sometimes I'll pay more just to fly nonstop. You know, I could have saved half as half as many miles connecting in Heathrow, but we saw this summer, you know, it's not worth the hassle. Right. So I think with with age, we realize, especially with kids, you know, uh, 
like there is a huge value to time as well. And, and taking two stopovers to save 200 bucks, eh, not worth it, you know, especially when you're probably going to lose your bag. So there's always a, you know, cost benefit to your time as well that I urge people to consider. Sure. sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of kids, again, you know, you're, you're about to be a father. I mean, I, I think a lot of times I'm tempted to think as a parent of four kids who hasn't traveled very much, although kind of reading up on all that you're doing, I'm thinking, oh, man, we're, we're exiting that diaper phase. I'm about yeah. to start going on some trips with my wife. But do you think that sometimes folks overdo it? You know, if, if all they're doing is focusing on their travel. Yeah. Like how far is too far when it comes to the, just the, the habits and the behaviors of folks and the value that they're actually able to get out of their travel? Well, I think travel is a personal decision. I know so many people and I haven't had a kid yet and I'm going to wait to meet my son and understand him before kind of dragging him around the world. And I hope, you know, my understanding is the earlier you start, uh, the more accustomed they become. Not every kid is on a plane. So I'm a believer in, you know, just doing what makes you happy in life. And if you don't want to travel, then don't, you know, like, I don't feel like you have to travel to become this enlightened person. I do think (laughs) travel in general makes us better, but you know, in life, just like do what makes you happy, but also don't assume you can't do something because there's a narrative around it, right? Like I know so many of my fellow travel blogger friends who have had kids in the last year, their kids are traveling around the world. And I love this quote. It's like, why are you going to take your baby on a trip? They're not going to remember it. And the answer is (laughs) because I will, you know, like I'm going to travel with my kid and, and Hmm. I'm going to have amazing memories and, and that's what matters. So, um, I love it. Yeah, that's my outlook on it. Ask me in a year when uh, I've yeah. got some flights under my belt. <laughs> exactly. I can't. I can't wait to check back in a year or two from now and just kind of see where your baby boy has gone and just kind of the yeah. adventures you've been on and and how that's how that's uh, you know gone gone for you and your your little family. But I, I guess I I want to know too. Do you ever get tired of travel? Is there ever any point where you're like, was the COVID break kind of welcomed, or were you like itching to get back out there? I mean, it sounds like it's something that you've loved since you were a kid. So I don't know. Maybe you're the kind of person who will never get tired of traveling no i travel definitely tires me out i think what's you know the business travel you know the leaving at 6 a.m coming back at night like that's what really exhausted me and luckily now you know at the points guy and our parent company red ventures we, we're very virtual we do meet in person but i think uh that travel was exhausting to me when you'd be like i need to be at a meeting in london on a monday austin on a thursday charlotte tuesday and then all of a sudden and then you're trying to factor in your own personal travel. That's when you, you know, it can definitely exhaust you. I was out of shape. You know, there are definitely downsides, you know, mental health, personal health side to traveling too much. I had a great break during the pandemic. And then all of a sudden I see myself now, you know, I have to tell myself just because you can doesn't mean you should. And that's mm-hmm. a downside too. Once you have tons of points and then you're like, oh, I want to use them. I want to use them. Sometimes you'll book trips where you're like, okay, just because I can go on this trip doesn't mean I should, right? There are downsides to it. So, you know, I think everything yeah. in life, we all have to find our own personal balance. But yeah, for sure, you, there can definitely be a thing as too much travel. It makes sense. Just because you can doesn't mean you should be doing it. I think those are some wise words to part with. So obviously, we're going to point folks to the to the website, thepointsguy.com. What other resources should folks look up? Where else can folks learn more about you and uh, just to find additional value from what it is y'all are, y'all are putting out there? Yeah, well, go download the free, uh, the Point Sky app. Uh, it's available uh, now for free in app stores in the US. We're going to be rolling it out internationally. And also my personal travel. So my baby travels is uh, at Brian Kelly on Instagram. 
And I have a weekly newsletter uh, where I highlight what's going on in my world, my thoughts on life. Uh, so if you just Google the Point Sky Weekly Newsletter by Brian Kelly, sign up for that. Um, I always give my tips and personal hacks in that. So thank you both for having me today. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, Brian, it's been a blast. Thanks for all the information. And hey, we wish you and your almost newborn son just like the best of luck. And, and I hope it's awesome. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I'm excited for it. Man, that was a fantastic conversation. And Brian said this earlier on in the, the episode, but he, he talked about how travel, how it's basically like the ultimate marketing tool that credit cards have. And I can personally attest to that because even though, I mean, I do have a trip in mind uh, that Kate and I might be taking here pretty soon. But I don't know if we're going to be flying or not. But when you read you keep about backing out on those trips, you just need to make it happen. You got to well, commit. I don't, I don't. We don't know where we're going to go yet. We're looking for for deals on destinations. Uh, but when you read and talk about and are researching about travel, man, you just want to travel. Yeah. <laughs> like you catch the bug. And I'm sure a lot of folks who are listening to Brian talk about some of the different locations he's been, some of the different perks you get, uh, some of the other advantages, the additional benefits that you get from really playing the game well, working the system. It's contagious. Yeah. And uh, that's something that I am on a little travel high right now, even <laughs> after just talking here for a short period of time with Brian. But um, yeah, man, what was your, your big takeaway from our conversation? Yeah, my big takeaway today? was that I should take a trip <laughs> really soon and then once we like hit pause on this recording then I should just like I don't know go Google go, flights pull up the map assess how many well I should assess how many miles I got and where they can do the most do the most damage but I think the biggest takeaway I had from this combo and there was just a lot of great info was that annual fees are worth the splurge mm. And yeah. I think that's that's brilliant. I think you and I, we're averse to fees. We don't like fees. We don't want to pay fees for almost anything in our lives. And annual fees, you might see that and you'll be like, that's just another fee. But the reality is the perks you can get in exchange for that annual fee are sometimes monstrous. Oh, yeah. and, and and not just from a sign-up bonus perspective, because sometimes the cards that have the best sign-up bonuses come with annual fees, but also from the, the second-hand perks that credit card companies offer, the benefits that you can get that enable you to get free stuff or access yeah. to awesome things, airport lounges or global entry, like just all these additional free travel credits that you don't think about. All you see is the headline annual fee number and you're like nope not doing it hate fees i'm not going to spend that kind of money on it that would be potentially short-sighted depending yeah. on how you spend money and so it's worth at least assessing am i going to get enough value to make up for this fee on a yearly basis and if not then that card doesn't make sense for you or if you're like airport lounges who cares like uh that doesn't that, that perk means is, is bring zero dollars worth mm -hmm. of value to my life well then then don't you know maybe that's not the credit card for you but don't, I would say, just knee-jerk walk away from a credit card just because it has an annual fee because sure. you might find that it more than pays for itself in the perks you get. Yeah, you don't want to be myopic when it comes to the the fees that you should be willing to spend if you're going to gain that value. And I think folks might have the tendency to see themselves on one side of the aisle or the other, right? Like you might be like Joel and say, I've, I'm never ever going to pay fees for the rest of my life. And you also might be on the other, other side of the aisle on the other end of the spectrum where you're saying, well, no, of course you're, you're going to get value, but maybe there might be years where you don't get that value. And so I think it could pay to be a little more strategic with the fees that you pay. If you know, for instance, that man, starting next year, we're going to be doing a lot of travel for the next two or three years. 
Well, guess what? That might be the perfect time to either take advantage of like the uh, Southwest Companion Pass or signing up for the Amex Gold, Platinum, some of these travel centric cards that allow you to gain a lot of benefits and pay for that fee for just a few years. And then after that, you could either downgrade to a card that doesn't have an annual fee or potentially even cancel it altogether if, if that's not something that is bringing you uh, additional value. But um, so by the way, the Southwest card is great for domestic travel in in particular because oh, yeah. Southwest doesn't really travel to many international locations. Although they do have a couple. They have a couple. Yeah. yeah. And typically what? South America, Mexico, right? But there's there's not much in the way of Europe. And so if yep. you're thinking, all right, I kind of want to stay in the general vicinity. Stateside. I don't want any of those 10, 15 hour flights. That, that's not really in my future. Maybe because you do have young kids or whatever. That The, the Southwest card, if Southwest it, it flies from the airport that's closest to you, that can be the totally best, best card for a lot of people. Exactly, yeah. Oh, and by the way, we, we have to quickly mention uh, that oh, we, yeah. we have a new article on our site telling people which uh, are the best travel cards out there. We'll link to that one in the show notes. But if you're curious about sign-up bonuses, secondary benefits, and just the rewards that you're going to yeah. get based on some of these different cards, if this convo with Brian got you excited to sign up for something and get the ball rolling, well, that article about travel rewards for newbies, we'll have that up on our site and in the show notes. Yes, we will. But as far as uh, my big takeaway, so towards the beginning of the episode, he talked about how his friend, who was a, you know really into SEO, search engine optimization back in the day, he told Brian, he said, hey, start writing about travel, write about it every single day. And over time, you will be re- rewarded for all of your hard work. Uh, I couldn't help of course, but to think of investing. Not everybody may be into travel. And so at the very least, maybe you can have an investing takeaway. You may not think that the $200 you're putting away every month uh, within a Roth IRA, that that's going to amount to much of anything. But guess what? Month after month of doing that, year after year, you're going to see that balance swell. uh, And you're going to see the returns on that amount compound. And years from now, you have a very good chance of becoming a millionaire just on the money that you've been able to invest within just your Roth IRA. Just the one account. Just exactly. Can make you a millionaire over three decades. And so just, I don't know, just like that plugging away at just, uh, it's a, a very disciplined approach to how he first got his business started. And we need to take that same attitude and apply it to how we invest. It's yeah. not all sexy. It's not all, you know, buying the dip and, <laughs> and do that. Sometimes we have to plug away at something without the expectation that we're going to see immediate returns, that we're going to see something that's going to really wow us. Yeah. And it can seem like from the outside that Brian Kelly is this overnight success story. But when you dig into the history and you learn that he started at yeah. age 12, that he was yep. nerding out on that stuff when most people were, I don't know, throwing the football <laughs> with their friends or whatever, <laughs> that, that he was nerding out on points or that he was had a demanding day job and he was side hustling doing this for 50 bucks a pop because he just loved points travel that much yep, that's how you do it yeah it's it's one of those and you you, you kind of hear that and you're like oh okay all right wait this there's a lot more involved in this than just starting a site and and that hoping that you know google throws a lot of traffic your way <laughs> there's 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 a lot more intentionality on the front end and a lot more time that goes into learning the ins and outs and then working your butt off to get there so i'm crazy impressed with what brian's been able to accomplish and it's really cool to see how many people he's been able to help travel for little to no money and and matt hopefully we can we can apply some of these tactics to our own lives so you mm-hmm. and i as our kids get older as we feel more comfortable getting out there maybe taking our kids on some crazy trips uh hopefully doing it for almost no money that's right and real quick let's introduce uh share the beer that you and i enjoyed during this episode which was elephants on parade this is a beer by bosque brewing company what were your thoughts on this one bud yeah so you know me i like 
like raspberry beers. And this packed was with raspberry and colored with a sandia sunset. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either, I but think that's a regional thing. Maybe. Well, this is a, a New Mexico brewery. beer from our friend Bob, who we see at yeah, FinCon every year. Right. And so, yeah, he and his wife brought us like a caseload of beers. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for, for donating beers to the show. We appreciate it. And I've never had anything by Bosque Brewing before. Again, raspberry beers. One of my favorite genres. I just love fruited beers and raspberries in particular. This beer is like nice, light, refreshing with that robust raspberry flavor. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say I dig it, man. I'm going to yeah. say this is right up my alley. Yeah, it's on that. It's a, it's a weed ale. So it kind of it definitely has that weedy, what I like to call Captain Crunch backbone <laughs> where it tastes like. Actually, this is a, this beer is a lot like Crunch Berries. Uh, <laughs> so if you're a fan of Captain Crunch Crunch Berries, check out Elephants on Parade by Bosque Brewing. A big thanks to Bob and his wife for donating this one to the show. No doubt. But Joel, that's going to be it for this one, buddy. We will link to any of the different resources we mentioned up on our website at howtomoney.com. And until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.